0: Um, Of course, I'm Wendy Murdoch, the creator of the SureFoot Equine Stability Program. I've been doing a series of webinars to bring information to people. And on Fridays, I always do one on SureFoot so that um, we can focus a little more. So um, if you have any questions about SureFoot, please either put them in the chat, um, raise your hand, or put them in the Q&A, and I'll I'll do my best to answer your questions. Um, I thought we'd start with just... Some basics, I'm gonna do a little screen share here. Alrighty, Um, if you can't see what's on my screen, please again, just put that in the chat. Um, Sometimes with Zoom, the, the screen I'm looking at is not the screen you're looking at. So it's always helpful if you guys just kind of you know, let me know that you, if I'm talking about something and it doesn't seem to be the fitting, the picture doesn't fit the conversation, just let me know. Great, thanks Nan. Okay, so this is actually uh, the, a photo of a horse that has stood on the, um, the ivory side of the Surefoot hard pad. So you can use either side of the Surefoot hard pad. It's the same material all the way through. So Um, What I like to do is if I've had a horse stand on one side and I want to look at it again and see what the imprint is, I just flip the pad over and let him stand on the other side. The imprint will definitely go away, um, depending on the temperature. If it's warm, it's going to go away faster. And if it's cold, it's going to go away slower. So it's a great idea to just snap a picture of the impression that your horse has made standing on the hard pad. And that way you can actually document um, progress. So one of the things I recently did is I'm, I'm working on a horse that has laminitis, and after listening to Bob Bowker's lectures, and if you haven't listened to Bob's lectures, they're on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel page. Um, they're fabulous. There's just so much information there. But he was talking about laminitis and how one of the big issues is managing the length of toe. So where my horse lives is another horse, and she's been struggling with laminitis. She's IR, she's a Connemarth or Red Cross and so I thought well here's an opportunity for me to see you know if I can incorporate Bob's information and my surefoot pads and see if we can make some progress so what I did was I had her stand on the hard pads and then I actually took my ruler as he tells you to do and I measured her foot and then I measured the foot imprint on the pad and the cool thing is that on the pad we actually get an accurate imprint of the size of the foot with the ruler directly on the foot. So if your horse is really uncomfortable and you can't hold that foot up long enough to be able to measure it, if you stand them on the hard pad and then take them off, you can. Um, The one thing you need to recognize when you do measure using your pad imprint is that you'll get a little bit of of beveling here on the outside. And so you wanna look at where the foot was and just look at the, the hoof wall. And then when you look at your pad, recognize whether you're looking at hoof wall or a little bit further out because it's kind of kind of creased in a little bit to conform to the shape of the hoof. But basically you can take your ruler and you can measure across the foot and the length of the foot and I did it. um, I have the pictures, but I'm not sure they're up in my PowerPoint. Um, And I was really amazed at how accurate the measurements were using the pad. So that way it's a lot easier to get that measurement, especially with a horse that's uncomfortable and you're trying to hold up a foot and they're, you, know, you could always put a pad under the other foot to make them more comfortable. But you can see here in this imprint, and by the way, for some of you, this might look relief, like popped out, as opposed to impressed in, and that's simply an optical illusion. And what I notice with these photos sometimes, is if I, if I change, yeah, that didn't change for me that time. But sometimes if I change it, I make it a little smaller or look at it a little sideways. I don't know, I'll try rotating this one and see if it helps. Um, nope, sometimes it'll switch it and it'll go from uh, popping out to impressed in. But one of the things we can see here is that we have, you know, a clear definition of a frog, a center sulcus, all the way back at the heel bulbs and we can see the weight distribution. Um, This is a little bit of shadowing just from the direction of the light. So you wanna make sure that you're kind of noticing what direction the light's coming from in your picture. Um, But that's the beauty of the hard pad is that we can get this impression of the foot. Um, We used to call it the impression pad, but the reason we changed is, is because nobody knew where that fit in the lineup of density. So the impression pad is now the hard pad. Um, but it's it's a super pad, great for horses that are arthritic. Um, uh, I just you know it's one of those pads that I I tend to use a lot and then I kind of forget about it and then I come back and go why did I forget about it it's such a great pad. Um, That's super durable, um, you know just oh yeah. So now when it's small for me now it looks like the footprint's impressed into the pad and this is relieved out the sole of the foot. So. Um, Here's a horse standing on that hard pad making that impression. Um, She's a mare that has injured her right knee so you can see that she's not standing uh, evenly with weight distributed evenly on this foot. Um, But she, you know, was in a lot of discomfort from her knee and you can see how that's influenced how she's standing on her feet. She was also a bit pigeon-toed when I owned her. This is Blondie um, and it's a funny story there because when I when I bought her, she had boots on, so I couldn't really see what her legs looked like. And when I went to pick her up, she didn't have boots on. And I found out she was really pigeon-toed, but she was one of the best horses I've ever owned. So, um, you know, she was a fabulous horse and she went um, to be a horse for a woman in her 60s to trail ride and blondie packed her forever. Um, but here you can see how she, there's a lot of pressure on that outside edge of that foot there And this one's a little bit in shadow, but it looks like the same thing. So the hard pad, in fact, all the pads can give you a really good um, insight into how the horse is standing on their feet. Um, I think of them as a bit of like a magnifying glass, because when the foot hits the ground, if it's a hard surface, say a barn aisle, the hoof capsule is going to stop because the the floor is going to stop it. But then all the internal structures are soft and they're gonna keep going because of the forces being exerted, the momentum and the, you know, the, now the foot's not moving and the friction and everything else inside can be sliding around. When a horse is in really good footing, that footing is, has a cushion, has a top on it, so that it cushions the impact and then there's a hard base underneath. So you don't see how the foot is actually landing on the hard surface. You can only see it going through the cushion. And with the surefoot pads, we get to actually see how the weight's being distributed on that foot. And so that's why this is really great. Um, And especially for people who are working with the foot and and looking especially with horses that are in rehab, how they're gonna trim that foot or put a shoe on that foot. You can get a lot of information from this hard pad or the physio pad, which has an inch of hard to guide you in what you're gonna do. And this is where um, the talk we had with either Hammer on Monday was fabulous because her, her people, her trimmers are all using Surefoot pads when they're working with the horses, they'll put them on the pads before they trim to let everything kind of settle. And then if they need to, the horse is uncomfortable, they'll use the pads during the trim and then they can use the pads after the trim again to let things settle into a new place. Um, they've worked with Dr. Deb Taylor who does Forma Hoof and they actually had a really club-footed horse that's in another one of Ida's um, webinars and they put the horse on the physio pad on the x-ray block and saw how he was putting the weight on his toe and that changed the way they decided to trim him before they put him in the Forma Hoof and they said that horse walked off so happy and so comfortable. So this is where we're really excited to see that Surefoots moving into a new direction where it's becoming a a tool that can be used for diagnostics and also treatment um, in different ways as opposed to just kind of the typical way that I've been talking about it for so many years. Um, That's super exciting for me because it just means that it can give us more information, help more horses, and make good decisions. Um, In this picture here you can see that this is impressed into the pad and that the sole, that's relieved, it's popping up and then the center here where the frog is, is impressed into the pad again. And I think it's a little bit clearer on this one. Um, and one of the reasons I'm showing you this picture is the fact that on this hard pad, we are still seeing frog and that's a good thing. And so if you go back and watch Dr. Bowker's talks, the whole idea of the health of the frog, that the frog is really wide through here, that it's really thick, and that the center sulcus is, um, is that the foot the frog is not involuting. So, we talked about you want the frog. I'm going to stop my screen share for a second. You, the you want the frog, let's see how I can do this. Oh, there we go. Okay, so you can see right here where my thumbs are getting coming together. If you think of that as the center sulcus, when the center sulcus, when the frog kind of involutes, that center sulcus moves back and you can see how it's moving back toward the knuckle of my thumb. So you'll see the center sulcus moving back toward the horse's pastern and that's really bad because that means the whole foot is conveyor belting forward. And what you want is for that center sulcus to move forward. And you can see here it's slid back and here it comes forward and gets wider. And that's what you really want to see on that frog. Um, but I can't tell you how many times I've put a horse on a hard pad and I've not seen any frog at all, which uh, is disconcerting to me, but I'm not a farrier and I'm not a veterinarian. Um, I will point it out to the owner because this back part of the foot is really important to the health of the whole foot. And again, I refer back to Dr. Bowker's lectures, they're all on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. It's four hours. Um, but it's worth every minute of it. You can just watch a part and then come back and watch another part if you can't sit there for four hours because your brain hurts a little bit um, after a while because there's so much information coming in. But do go and listen to his lectures to learn more about how important the frog is, the back part of the foot, and that we really want to, you know, see a nice defined frog. So um, this is the half physiopad. And the difference between the half physiopad and the hard pad is that the hard pad is two inches thick of one material. The physiopad has an inch of hard and a half inch of medium, so it 's the only pad that has two very different foams and what it 's great for is in this case, um, I think of it as an emergency pad. If there was only one pad I could carry and I had to fly on an airplane or whatever, I would pack my half-physio pad. Um, First of all, it can fit on the airplane seat, so it can help you out. But secondly, um, there's so many instances we have now of people using the half-physio pad. In this case, this was at WEG at World Equestrian Games in North Carolina in Tryon. And uh, I can't remember the entire story, but um, James Gilchrist was the um, lead farrier at WEG and he got a call that this horse was in trouble, and they didn't even take the wrappers off the pads, they just put the pads down and put the horse on the pads. And I spoke to him later and he said it bought him enough time to get the treatment the horse needed to save the horse. So that's why we think of it as an emergency pad. Um, We've had a number of people tell me that their horse was colicking. There was one instance, it was after Ida Hammer's workshop, Surefoot workshop, one of her people had gotten a half physio pad, there was a horse colicking, they put the pad under each foot for five minutes and the horse stopped colicking. Now, you must always call your vet if you have a colic because what if the pad doesn't work? And I'm never gonna say it's always gonna work. Um, so you call your vet and then you grab your pads. And if the horses don't wanna, and grab whatever pad, if you don't have a physio, just grab whatever pad you have. Um, if the horses don't want the pad, uh, they just won't stand on it. You know, I mean, I've worked with horses that are colicking and um, there was one horse, um, he actually didn't survive, but while we were waiting for the vet, we used the large, the full physio pad, and we could see that it gave him some relief. And so in that instance, anything we can do to help with the pain while we're waiting to get the treatment that's necessary is a good thing. So um, it, it's not going to cause any harm. If the horses don't want it, they'll, they won't stand on it. So you've got nothing to lose, but you've got everything to gain by taking that moment to give it a shot. So, just just something to kind of keep in the back of, your, back of your mind. Oops, wrong button. <sighs> um, okay, so I'm going to go back to my photos here. Um, this is a horse standing on a full physio pad. And I'll just make that a little bit bigger. As you can see, it's twice the size of a half physio pad, which is why we call it a full and a half, because basically this was the pad we were making until Um, My person over in Germany, Brynja Rydell, said, can you make a half of one? And so we went back to our manufacturer and asked if he could make a half one. And so that's how we wound up with a half physio pad and a full physio pad. Um, Again, it has two surfaces. If you flip it over, it's the gray side, which is half inch of medium, and that's softer. So this is the half physio flipped over to the gray side, and it's just a little softer surface. Some horses like the harder surface and some like the softer surface. So this way you can offer them either side and see which one they choose. Um, And the thing about this pad is that if your uh, farrier struggles with your horse because he's uncomfortable, if you just work with the physio pad a little bit beforehand, like don't wait till the day he gets there, but work with it for a couple of weeks, maybe just after he's been there, get one and work with it, and then use it when the farrier's there. Because if the horse is quieter and calmer, everyone is safer. And that was the goal when we first made this pad, is that we wanted to make everyone safer by making them more comfortable. We had Daisy Bicking test out our first full physio pads, and we tried different materials. We, had, um, we tried all the different foams that we have, and this was the winner. So that's why we just have the one. And um, I just got a phone call from a man named Jeff Stubblefield uh, last weekend, and he's uh, an older guy. He's been shoeing probably for 50 years now. He says he does 6,000 horses a year. He's in Tennessee. And he called to tell me that the farrier pad, which is now the physio pad has just made such a difference, not only to him, but all the horses he works on. And that there's so many horses he wouldn't have been able to do without our physio pad. So we were so pleased to hear that, because that's exactly what we're trying to do with our products, is make horses more comfortable and make everybody safer. So this is just a little video. This is a a quarter horse who's on the full physio in front and the hard slants behind. And I'll just play this video here. And you can see that he unloads and loads his feet and there's quite a bit of swaying. We started with the full physio pad with this horse. Um, and then I added the, um, the hard slants behind and gradually added one pad after the other. You always walk them off in between or give them a rest in between to integrate the information they've gathered from each time that you've put them on a pad. But you can see his expression, his ears are up, his eyes are bright. And then he was a horse that was super stoic, not very interactive. Um, The person who's holding him is not his owner. His owner was away on vacation. And when they found out I was coming, the neighbor brought the horse over. But she knows this horse really well. And she told me how typically he is um, very stoic, does not interact with people. And after I worked with him for about 15 minutes, there was, he, he couldn't go home because we had other horses there. It was a little mini clinic. And so he stood over by the side And he started to interact with her in a way she had never experienced before. So that's one of the things that I find so interesting is that the horses are so quick to recognize that we've brought them comfort and to decide that we are safe to be with. So you know, this is where Surefoot goes beyond simply the physical therapy and the proprioception and the rehab into actually changing the relationship you have with your horse because they recognize you as not only safe, but someone who's bringing them something that's really, really great. Um, And we have people using the pads as positive reinforcement now in place of food because the horses love the pads so much. So this is just another example of the full Physio pad. As you can see, there's plenty of room for two feet and you can use it where you just have one foot on, you know, and I've just turned it around a little bit and again, just one foot on. Or you can have the two feet on, as we've seen um, in other examples. Okay, and here we are again. This is the, the hard pad, the orange top, right? And you can see that it can handle quite a bit of weight. Um, if you have a really big draft horse, this is the one that you want. Um, we have had um, 18 hand horses, you know, 1,800 pounds on other pads, but you really want to start here just because they are so massive. Um, we switched him to the hard slants. Hard slants are pink and as you can see that they're wedge-shaped and we have them heel high. And we got this big yawn out of this lovely horse. Um, I'm very fond of him, he's a Clyde Cross and Al, my horse is a Clyde Cross. So this was in Australia. Um, so the hard slants are pink and they're wedged and here you can see they're underneath the back feet. Um, so you can use them behind under the back feet or the front feet. And there's our wedge. I typically use them heel high, um, although horses will move them around and change them around and kind of tell you what they want. Um, and this little guy here, I just, his name is Kulaz. We named him Kulaz. Um, he was a twin foal. Uh, he was a surprise. The, the mare wasn't supposed to be pregnant. She popped out twins and um, he had to be bottle fed because the mare rejected him and adopted the other foal. Um, So the owners were going down and feeding him every couple of hours, but he couldn't get up on his own. Um, Marie McAteer and I went down to see him and we just kind of scattered the pads around and very gently kind of guided him over the pads. You can see he's got a back foot on a half physio pad, a front foot on hard slant, on the angle. It didn't really matter. We just wanted to give him some input into his system. Um, The next day he was jumping and bucking around And now um, I've seen pictures of him and not only has he grown up quite a bit, but his legs have gone straight and um, his legs were really quite crooked when we started. I'm not sure I have a good picture of that from the side. Um, Here's another example of a hard slant. Um, This was a really big guy. This is a pair of driving draft horses, Belgians. um, And their mom absolutely loves them, Janet Hook. And so you can see that we've got him on a lateral pair. And that's the thing about the pads, is you have four feet, and the, typically what I do is I start with one pad and one foot, and I might repeat that foot a couple of times before I go to the next one. It's kind of like saying, hello, and did you realize we were doing this, and how does that feel to you? So I just repeat it two or three times, typically left front foot, A, front feet are safer than back feet if the horse doesn't know you and B, left side because horses are more typically handled on the left, although you know, we're getting better about handling horses on both sides. But I typically start on the left, left front foot, repeat with a single pad a couple of times, and then go to the right front, do that a couple of times, and then maybe start with both front feet. But at that point, the horse is really guiding where I go and what I do. and um, Because once they feel it a couple of times, they're starting to interact with me. And they'll, if they don't want that pad, they'll either walk off or they'll kick it out. Um, If they do want that pad, they'll stay on it. Um, If they want another foot, it's very obvious because they're very accepting of what I'm doing. And, um, you know, they just seem, you know, very ready to go to two feet like this guy. if I feel like it's a lot of information and, and they're not quite ready, you know, the beauty is if you're doing this at home with your horse, you don't have to do more than one foot a day. I mean, you can just start out really slow and simple. Um, less is more, is a tenant of the Feldenkrais method. And so you're better off doing a shorter session and leaving them wanting more than a longer session and tiring them out. Not so much physically, although you can. Make them tired physically because they 're working the little tiny postural muscles, but mentally physic, um, tired because this is a, a lot of information that we 're uploading into the system. I have to think of it like a huge reboot in many cases. Um, their foot is a sensory organ it 's picking up everything about their world um, it 's really um, rich with all kinds of nerves and blood supply and feedback mechanisms and fascia and so that foot has to keep reporting back to that brain and the brain has to report back to the foot to keep the whole system upright. Um, So, you know, when you're working with your horse, if, you know, you only wanna do five minutes and then go ride, that's totally okay. And as, you know, before you ride, totally okay. Um, You can use it before you ride, after, as a cool down, during your ride, if you've gotten into a spot where your horse just isn't quite figuring something out, you can stop, get off put him on pads for five minutes and come back and you'll have a different horse. I mean, seriously, Um, I've seen it and I've done it. And I know that it happens. Um, This is just a little, little pony. And he had a really um, serious habit about wanting to bite. And when I first started putting pads underneath his feet, he kept trying to bite me. Um, And so I just, I ignored the behavior and kept myself safe. So when I have a behavior like that, uh, sort of a negative behavior, if you will, one that, isn't so great. Um, I don't give it any energy because if I react to it, I feed it, but I do keep myself safe and just, I'll use the back of my hand. I'll send their neck away. I'll have the handler, keep their head away a little bit, but I just quietly go about my business of putting a pad under their foot. And pretty soon they start focusing on what I'm focusing on instead of their distractive behavior. In many cases, that distractive behavior, whether it's chewing on the lead shank or trying to bite you or pawing or whatever, it means that the horses are not okay. I mean, if you go back and listen to the lecture I did with um, Violet Van Hees on vagus nerve, the biggest thing the horse wants to know is, am I safe? And when they can't flee, when they can't get away from something that makes them uncomfortable, they tend to go into distractive behavior called fooling around much like children do in school, we tend to not recognize that that behavior is actually, I don't feel safe and I'm not okay. We tend to think of it as just bad behavior. And we address the behavior instead of the cause. And the cause is really that the horse is not feeling safe and secure. When we address the underlying issue of safety and security, the behaviors go away. And I've seen this now for eight years. The thing that I really was fascinated by is that so many horses who had nervous or um, distractive behavior or pawed or something like that, if I just quietly worked with them and didn't worry about if they kicked the pad out or didn't worry if they kind of walked off, just allowed them walk off and come back and offer again, pretty soon we see this huge change in behavior because suddenly they feel grounded and secure. And that's happening through the use of the pads. So this is a mare, Um, the owner came to me, this was in New Zealand, we were at an expo and she was in, uh, it's a competition mare, dressage, upper level, but she was always a bit anxious. And so the woman grabbed me and said, could you please come work with my horse? And I said, of course. And so I took the pads and I went over and I started with the hard pad, but you can see now I'm up to having firm, which is green with the charcoal in front and hard slants behind. I think it's only under one foot there, and we got this huge yawning, and you can see the eye is shut, and this is a relaxing yawn. So yes, there are different types of yawns, just like in people and in dogs, but this is a horse that's really letting down. Um, I had another horse at this expo that had been clicker trained, but. The woman had had him. He always had a lot of distractive behavior and she didn't really know what to do. And so I went to work with him as well. And he was just frantic, frantic, trying to get on the pad, trying to get on the pad. And I realized that the pad was actually triggering his distractive, fooling around, I'm not okay behavior. And so I just quietly worked with the pad but not put his feet on it. And I stood on it and just had him stand quietly until he stopped trying he stopped trying to get on the pad and he stood there and he let down and he and he licked and chewed a little bit which is a dopamine hit and that to me was the end of the session not putting that horse on the pad because the pad created uh, an anxiety about performance and he was so busy trying to figure out the solution to the puzzle that he was out of his body and out of his mind and later the owner continued to work with him after she watched how I handled that and has had some success with the surefoot pads now causing relaxation instead of this distractive behavior of trying to figure out the puzzle. So, you know, you do want to watch the horses. Um, there are a few that I, you know, four days later did not have stand on a pad because their, their anxiety level was super high and their, um, this one, it was up in Canada and he was born super sensitive about anything he stood on. And so, it became more about showing her how to address it by positioning myself between the horse and the pad and kicking the pad away and standing on the pad until he got curious enough to want to investigate it. And that's a very small group of horses that that are very anxious about the pads themselves. The bell curve is the majority of horses are right there in the middle. You put them on a pad, they're like, this is fabulous. Can I do this some more? Um, that's the bell curve in the middle. The top of the bell curve is the horses that won't get off. And at the bottom of the bell curve, it gets really really thin and there's these horses that are, you know, have a really high anxiety level about things under their feet. Um, Arabs can be la- that way. Mustangs can be that way because their survival depends on what they step on. Um, or horses that, uh, I've had a couple horses explode, literally, bronk off the pads, um, and I had one horse, Fall down and faint. Um, I think I have a picture of him here I can show you. Um, But when I'm working with the pads and especially in the beginning, the first time I put a pad under a horse, I don't know those horses typically and I don't know how they're going to react. So that's when I pay the most attention. I really want to make sure everything's okay and that horse isn't just holding his breath and kind of, um, you know, going into a little bit of freeze. Um, I've got a question here. I'm just going to um, ask this. Do I need to clean the hoof before I start? Absolutely not. You don't have to clean the foot. Um, if you want a nice impression, like if you want to see how the foot is loading on the impression pad, on the hard pad, then yeah, you can clean out the foot, but you do it's not necessary. Um, I've worked my seven-year-old mare very active Arabian, with my physio pad and then worked her on the ground. We used this for pad three times and went to do the groundwork. Once I put her up in her pen, and she gave me six of the biggest yawns I've ever seen. Why the delay? You mean from working with her to the yawns? Because sometimes the nervous system takes time to process information. So um, when you think about it, if, if you've learned how to learn, you can make quick associations. But if you haven't kind of had that opportunity to experience and feel something, and then recognize, well, what's that doing to me? There can be a delay. And it's not uncommon to have a horse stand on a pad for a minute and then step off and then stay there for five minutes. And you can see by the look in their face, they're still processing. It's still percolating. It's kind of like, you know, it takes a little time for the system to really, what does this mean to me? That's, I think, the question that's We would verbalize it that way. I don't know that horses do because they don't have that capacity in their thought, but you know, what does this mean to me and how does this relate to my world? So um, the fact that you saw that is really awesome. And I wouldn't worry about why there's a delay. I would just like keep a little journal and notice, you know, today it it was after I did X, Y, and Z. Maybe tomorrow it's after or before you do something else. Um, We have horses now that literally you walk out with the pads, they see the pads, and they're already starting to let down. So it does make it interesting, like, I was thinking about if we were to do an experiment and use horses that have been on pads before, we would actually have to hide the pads so they couldn't see them, because otherwise they'd already be starting to let down just visually seeing the pads. Um, We have people that like, In Germany, there's a dressage rider and the groom holds the blue pad ringside as the horse comes in to do his test and he sees the pad and he lets down and then he goes and does his test. So they definitely create positive um, emotions and reactions to the pads. And that can be super useful when um, trying to work with a horse that, say, is afraid of a certain corner in the arena. So In those instances, you work in a quiet place where the horse feels calm and relaxed and start with your pads. And you might do that for a couple of days. And then you move toward the area of anxiety, not all the way into it, but toward it to where you see the horse being a little uncertain. And then you use your pads again. And you'll see the horse take a big breath, lick and chew, lower the neck. And then you can go a little further and do it again and not go all the way that day, But what you're doing is you're taking the safe spot, the comfortable spot, and you're moving it into the uncomfortable places. And you're saying to the horse, hey, wouldn't you like to feel safe and secure? Wouldn't you like to feel relaxed? Here's your opportunity. And the horses will choose that because that's what they're designed to do, is to seek ease. So this horse here is a thoroughbred off the track, an OTTB. And this is one of the places where Surefoot can be so beneficial because these horses come with um, all kinds of histories and all different levels of experience and all different levels of care and different level, ways their feet have been trimmed or shod. And so they can come with a lot of um, anxiety and not necessarily a lot of education. So this horse, uh, the client brought him. We're in a strange environment. You can see he's a little bit alert. He's a little bit concerned about, there's a door to his right. Um, about what's going on outside the door. And we have him on the pads and he let down. And then we would move the pads to another location in the ring and repeat it. And you can actually, he was, we were lunging him at the time. So she'd just move him at the walk a little bit and then we'd stop, I'd put pads under his feet, let him stand there for a moment, and then he'd walk off or we'd move him off. And we just kept doing that and kept reinforcing this idea that here you are in a work environment and you can still feel relaxed. And this is the one of the things that I think is so important is that we work in the environment of being ridden with the pads to create the level of relaxation because many horses view their tack like oh no I'm going to be ridden now or going into a certain arena oh no this is where something happened to me or this is where it's really hard or this isn't a place I want to be and so we can turn those negatives into a positive by bringing the pads into those environments. They're lightweight and portable. They're easy to carry around. And you just take the pads with you into the environment and you say, hey, would you like this comfort again? Would you like to feel relaxed? And the horses are designed to seek ease. So they're going to um, respond to that. And it's, I I mean, I've done it so many times now. Um, I have another question here I'm going to just read. I'm looking to incorporate these into my equine massage program, especially with horses that have significant asymmetry. Any recommendations on where to start? So Julie, um, you know, that's kind of a broad question and it looks like you're probably dealing with a lot of different horses. So this is again where the physio pad can just be a really great kind of starting point that you can just take that because we have people like in Germany that do their treatments while the horses are standing on the Physiopad. They have a piece of equipment called Equistim and they'll put the horse on the full physio and they'll use their Equistim. Um, we have veterinarians doing, uh, using it during their uh, chiropractic adjustments. We have massage therapists using the pads during their massage treatment. Um, you can actually start with the pads as the treatment itself. I can't say that it's a treatment because I don't have the degree behind me, but if you're a trained therapist, you, know, you can use that pad and then you can either intersperse your your therapy with that or combine it. Um, a lot of times, uh, the first time out, or a couple of times out for a, with a horse, just the pads by themselves is a lot of information. Um, you might only do 10 minutes and then go on to do something else. With horses that have asymmetries, once they're accustomed to say the physio pad and the hard or the firm pad, then I will actually stack them into their asymmetry. and. Um, I'll see if I have any pictures coming up here so let me let me get back on that but you can stack them and I know I have other for instances yeah I don't have any in this particular group of pictures but I do have pictures of stacking and I can um, certainly show you those pictures Um, oh this one's stacked but he's stacked evenly so this is Oreo down in Costa Rica and um, he was a a lease horse we do retreats in Costa Rica and that particular year um, we didn't have enough horses for the guests. So we, the company leased Oreo and he was a really unfriendly, very stoic, very into himself and very grumpy kind of guy. And so I used him for a demo in this round pen, totally loose and just started with the pads one at a time. And now you can see that I've actually stacked him where he's got the hard pad underneath and the firm slant yellow pad on top and we got this huge yawn. And, and yeah, his feet are terrible. Like the farrier came, he was supposed to redo him and all he did was tighten the clinches and leave. Um, but the fascinating thing after doing this with Oreo was he was so much more willing to cooperate with me by if he was too close and I asked him to back up, instead of getting really grumpy, he would back up. So it really made a big change in his behavior not just in being able to solve the problem. I don't know if I have any pictures of stacking here. Um, Let me just kind of continue on. Here's another example of a firm pad. You can see that it has a lot more give than the hard pad. You can see that this horse is unevenly loading the feet. And and yeah, the surface isn't level, but that's okay. So people ask me, where can I do Surefoot? Anywhere, on any kind of surface, The thing that's important when you're starting is to work in an open space. You know, a stall is not a good place to start with Surefoot because it's so confined. If you have a horse that is stuck on stall rest, like can't come out of the stall, okay, that's an exception. But typically you wanna work in a very open environment because a lot of horses walk off the pads in the beginning. I mean, I've had horses that wouldn't even stay on them and just needed to walk off. And I let them because what that's showing me is that they're out of balance. And that's exactly what I'm trying to find out. If the horse is out of balance and he needs to move, holding him to put him on a pad is not gonna solve his problem. That's just gonna up his anxiety level. So I allow the horse to move because they're designed to move. That's, they are a movement-based creature. And standing is actually the thing that's really hard to do. I've actually had people tell me, wow, I can't believe my horse is standing this long when they're on a pad because that's so non-habitual for that particular horse and owner combo that like the horse is always in motion it can't stand still so i allow them to move and i just come back and i offer the pad again and sometimes even that day i won't see the horse be able to stand on the pad i've had many horses like that that on day one you know they couldn't stay on the pad um, at all but come back the next day let them think about it overnight and pretty soon they're not leaving um this is an older horse, and I'll just play this little video here. So, she at this point it looks like the hard slants are stacked on top of hard, and she's got medium, which are the purple in front. And, and she's an older horse, um, and she was just really happy to hang out there. And she's got her hind foot resting, kind of tucked in next to the left hind, you know, and just decided that she only wanted the one foot on the pad. And this is totally okay. This is not uncommon that you might offer two pads and they'll kick one out and step back on the ground. They need that security. Um, It's also important when you're asking them for a foot to not just decide that's the foot you want and so that's the foot they have to give you. Because in many cases, they'll have a leg that they're dependent on. It's their stabilizing leg. And if we ask them to give up their stabilizing leg, they can't figure it out. So, you know, if I go to the left front and I ask for the left front and they say, no, I really can't give you the left front, that's fine. I'll just see if I can do the right front. Um, here I am, I'm in Holland at a, at a demo. And this is what I always do, when, especially in starting. I just hold out the pad and I allow the horse to sniff it if they want. Many horses will ignore it. They'll turn their head away. They won't look at it the first time. But the second time I offer it, they're they're touching with their feelers and they're checking it out um and so i will continue to offer the pad i'll I'll pick it up and i'll just hold it out and they might check it out a couple of times and then they don't want to check it out anymore and other horses every single time or especially if i change pads they're like wait you changed i want to check this one out and so i'll just hold it out and offer them um if you think about sharon wilsey's work and her greeting with her knuckles I realized in many ways, I'm probably offering a greeting to the horses. I'm just greeting them through the extension of the pad rather than my hand. Um, I'm gonna go to Bob here. This is another off the track thoroughbred. Um, This is a screenshot from a program I have called Coach's Eye, which is on my iPad. And um, Coach's Eye is fabulous because you can film clips and then you can compare them and you can scroll it forward and back. So the only difficult part about that is that the horse needs to be in in basically the same distance from the camera. And um, like I try to set up cones so I have them ride between the cones so that I can get that same perspective on the after video. That's not always possible, but you know I, I work toward that. And so this is the horse before. He was off the track thoroughbred. He raced for eight years. And then coming to her, he had an accident and he flipped over and broke his withers. And she wanted him to be a jumper. And so he would come to the arena, he would be hollering, he would be twisting his neck, he'd be trying to dodge out of the arena. Um, He couldn't pick up his right lead. He um, trotted totally inverted. And so this is day two because I can tell it was darker more in the afternoon and she had the dark shirt on. And this is the kind of change we saw in Bob in two days, two sessions, a session being just working with the pads, nothing else. <coughs> Excuse me, placing a pad under one foot, starting with hard, gradually moving to the different densities, gradually adding more feet. By day three, it was standing on pods, I have a video of that, and um, I, could put, I could work with any foot. Um, Robin Hood and I did a webinar the last one we did. And we looked at Bob and we looked at Shiner, these two horses that we did at the Icelandic Horse Farm at Robin Hoods in, in Vernon, DC. So um, you can see more footage of this horse, but he's continued to improve without actually seeing the pads uh, after that time. Um, he stands at the mount, at the mount um, tie rail now. He picks grass walking over the arena instead of being hysterical and inverted. He's much more relaxed. He picks up his right lead. And so, you know, it was just um, three sessions that really set this horse on a spiral, a positive spiral. All right, so somebody's asked if I can talk about, uh, a bit about the pods. Sure, I have pictures of pods. Um, I might have to switch to a different group of slides. Okay, so I'm just gonna pause my screen share here while I move over. Um, That's all Bob. let me see if there's anything else in here besides Bob. Um, so I think of the pods as advanced in, in that the horse has to be very comfortable with the pads before you go to pods, because you've got to be able to target the foot onto a seven and a seven inch dome, half dome. Um, and so, um, if they're not comfortable standing on pads, then they're not ready for pods. Oh, come on. I have tons of pod pictures. Hang on. I will find them. Um, just give me a minute. Um, so, oh, um. These horses are already on them. I'm just going to do a little search over here for pods. I have lots of pictures. Um, so the difference between the pods and the pads, or that the pods are air filled, and so they're a seven and a half, seven inch dome. And as you increase uh, pressure, they're going to push up into the foot a bit. So, okay, here's here I've got a let Share it. Whoops. Hang on. I gotta stop share and pick a different screen. Dun, dun, dun. Let me just make that bigger. Okay. Can you still see that? You see that picture of the of the foot on the pods? I'll just check my chat. Um, so, you know, in this case, this is actually pretty good. Because I, what I do is I take the foot, I'm gonna stop the screen here for a second. So here's the, here's the dome. And I pick up the foot and I take the toe and I aim for the third row of dots approximately, right? And if the foot needs to come down, I let go. In other words, I'm not gonna struggle with the horse in any way, but I'll lift the foot. And a lot of times I might even take two hands and kind of hold the cannon bone just above the fetlock and guide the foot down a little bit. I never have my hand under the foot. Okay, because when that leg's coming down, if your hand's there, that's really bad. But I guide the foot and I'll kind of guide it down. And if they need to put their foot straight down because they don't have mid-range, right? They have end range either all the way up or all the way down. They don't have mid-range. Then you can feel as it's coming down, it's got to get to the ground. And so I just let it come down. And wherever it lands on the pod, it lands on the pod. It's totally fine. In other words, you're aiming, but you're not worried about where it lands. All right, so I'm going to go back to my screen share here. And as you can see, like there's one, two, three rows of dots. And so here's the toe uh, about at the third row dots. And you'll see horses step on pods in all different ways. Toe loading, side loading, heel loading, side slipping. Um, and the beauty of that is you get to see how they're loading their foot in yet another way. Um, because they might put their weight down and then the toe slips and the pod will just roll out the back on a soft surface like this. Um, Here's a little video, of a horse on pods. So yeah, and she slipped it. Let me just make sure, I'm gonna stop the share and then restart it to make sure we're all on the same screen. Otherwise you guys aren't seeing what I'm seeing. Okay, so you can see that she's slipped off on the front here. So she toe loaded on the left front and a bit heel and side slipped on the right front. So you aim for where you, you know, the third row of dots, but the foot winds up where it winds up. And so I'll just play that again so you can see that. And I'll just stop it here. So you can see that this foot slipped so that the toe's driven down into the ground, and the pods popped up out the back. And this one here, it slipped. And I think about a clock, 12 o'clock being toward the toe, six to the heel, three, nine. So it helps me kind of figure out, you know, if I'm trying to describe to somebody what's happening, this foot is slipped back to four and five o'clock. Um, and so you don't worry about uh, what, where it goes. It's just a can you, ha- you know, can the foot hit the pod, and then b what happens when it's on the pod, and tell me if you could. This is a pair of orange pods with a horse. Um, I'm going to play this little video because this horse here. Um, had a really significant high-low situation going on, and you can see this hairline is really dramatically dipped in the front. But watch how he shifts his weight from one foot to the other, and you'll see it in the in the pasterns. In fact, I'm just gonna draw that, drag that back a little bit. And you can see there, the right pastern is sunk down, and now it comes up and he shifts to the left pastern. So I'll just take that back, and if I just go back and forth a little bit, you can see how he's shifting from one foot to the other. And so he's experimenting and exploring h- how to load each foot on the pods just by shifting his weight back and forth. And so this is one of the things about pods that I find so interesting um, that they, they give them a different feedback and they experiment with them in a different way than the pads. Um, but again, it's not something I typically start with because you've gotta be able to target that foot a little bit onto the pod and um, there's another, another video of this other horse. Okay, and we can see, you know, here's the pod bulging up in front, doesn't matter. This is pretty much what I call a straight load. Look at how even that foot is on that pod. That You can see the rim of the pod is pretty much the same kind of bulge, whereas this has a big bulge in the toe area because, the you know, it's air-filled. So when you put pressure, the air is gonna go somewhere else, it's gonna move. But that really helps us see where they're putting their weight overall on that foot. And then if it slips or slides, it's because there's something about the way the foot's landing. Just think like if you were standing on loose sand and you kind of put your foot down in a funny way and suddenly your foot's sliding and it's like, oh, what, what's going on? And you pay attention and then you, you have to think about it a little differently. Um, yeah, that's not pods. Um, and then you come back and what I've seen is that in a very short period of time, oh, this is a video of this horse here, um, the horses start to think about how they put their weight on their feet in a whole new way because the, the surface has been responding to the load. So as the surface responds to the load, they start responding to the surface and figuring things out. Then you can see there how this the shift and then the pod bulges a little bit, right, right there. And you can see how this left front is weighted so much heavier. And look at how strongly it's compressed the pod here in front. So it's bulging out the back. Whereas this foot is kind of shifting weight on and off and on and off. So you can use pods in front and behind. And I've even stacked pods on top of pads. Um, typically, I use the hard pad when I'm doing stacking. Um, but. You know, they're just another tool that you can incorporate and you can think about using them in different ways. Um, You know, um, I've had, it's a really interesting story. When I first, uh, very early on, I worked with some racehorses and I worked with five racehorses and they all won their next race. I'm not saying it was Surefoot, but it was fascinating. Um, And this one horse was so balanced that the very first time I worked with him, he stood on four pods. It was amazing, he was so well balanced, he stood so squarely, I gotta find that footage because I have it somewhere, it's a long time ago. Um, But he would shorten his neck, and I just showed the trainer how to lengthen his neck, and that horse won his next race. Um, So this horse here, he's up to four pods now, right? In front and behind, and I'll just let this play for a minute. Um, You can see he's got a little sway going, kind of rocking and loading and unloading his legs. It's pretty chill. (laughs) Um, This is at Felicitas von Neumann-Cosell's place. You can see she's got all her pads in the corner. And um, she did a webinar with me a week or so ago. Um, All of our horses come out and stand on surefoot pads before she starts training. Um, Could be five to 10 minutes. She does stretches while they're on the pads. Obviously she taught them their stretches before she started combining it with the pads. Um, and she'll do a variety of different stacking techniques and then goes into her training. And she's a huge believer in that that has made a big difference to her horses in training. Um, So I'll just stop this for a second. I think I can enlarge it. Nope. Uh, Just wanted to show you, I don't know if I can do that, but you can see here how, you know he's gone a little more to the toe on this foot, Little more medial on this foot. There's a bit of a bulge out back there. There's definitely a bulge with the pod out the back of that other foot. So, um, you know, he he's placed his feet, each one a little bit different. Yep. And then he's kind of really checking out, and you can see how dozy he is there, right? Big sway, lip quivering. You know, really dreamy. And the really fascinating thing with surefoot is that um, you can see horses look like they're tranquilized literally. Um, but then you come off and very quickly they come right back. So they, they, as much as they look like they are totally asleep, it's amazing how rapidly they'll respond. And that, um, especially if you've been u- using this regularly in your training, um, they come back and they perform really well. Felicitas actually takes the pads with her to the shows, puts the horses on pads before the competition. And you can see he's like, okay, I think I'm done now. So we just have a few minutes left. I'm wondering if anybody has any questions they want to ask. Um, let's see, I think I've answered all the questions that are out there so far. Um, I didn't show you any soft pads. Let me see if I can find, oh, this this horse is one of my favorite videos, actually. He didn't even stand on the pad. This He just stroked his foot over this physio pad and then he yawns like crazy. Um, So I have these horses that are kind of like the outliers. Here's another outlier. I've never seen another horse literally only stroke his toe over the pad and then yawn like crazy, Um, but I have seen it happen. Um, You know, you just never quite know how horses are going to respond. Um, Here's a horse on the soft pads now under both back feet. And um, I'll just drag this forward a little bit so you can see. So now watch what happens on that left hind leg. And you can see how much he twists and sways. So his hip is going past his foot. And you can see how he just sways and twists and sways. And now I'll play that in real time. So you can look for that. So you know when you see a lot of swaying and a lot of movement, you want to decrease your duration. You are working those little tiny postural muscles. And you know what I tell people is you can always come back and do this again, but you can't unmake the soreness. In other words, if you do too much and they wind up being a little sore because you're using new muscles, like starting a new exercise program, you can't undo that. So it's better to err on the side of a little less and then just re- come back another day and do some more then letting them stand there a long time and then getting sore. I always tell people, you have to be a good parent because the horse doesn't know that the next day he could be sore. He doesn't know that that's what's gonna happen standing on surefoot foot pads. Oh, here's our little cool ass. This was him on the physio pad. <laughs> and you can see he's a little crooked right there, but he's really straightened up quite a bit. Um, what would be a sign that your horse is sore? Um, I've had times when someone like after they use the pads and like this one horse they went to brush in his stifle area and he was really grumpy it was like ow i'm tired i'm sore um so you might see some more grumpiness when you're grooming them or they're a little stiff the next day or not really you know as willing to go forward because they've actually worked and um that's the thing is you are working their, the, you're working their whole system their nervous system their muscles their proprioception their skeleton the whole whole system is being affected by standing on surefoot pads. Um, proprioception is a big one. Um, you know, where you are in space. We talked about that with Catherine Wyckoff the other night in the Feldenkrais uh, webinar. So, you know, there's all these webinars that are, um, what I'm trying to do is kind of have different people talk about different aspects so you can start to get a sense of the whole. Um, oh yeah, we did the sure-pause yesterday. So I don't have those up on my website yet, but if you want to purchase sure-pause pads, for the dogs, please email me at wendy at wendymurdock.com and then I can um, talk to you about what we have in stock and sort that out. Um, and remember, today's the last day of our 10% off. You can get 10% off any of your Surefoot products by using the code LRK3DE. That's Land Rover Kentucky three day event, LRK3DE. 10% off all your Surefoot purchases that are not on sale, um, products that are not on sale. And, of course, the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel has all these webinars. Um, Please join fans of Surefoot, we love to hear stories. If you have something that's been going on with your horse, please share it. If you have questions, it's a great place to share it. And, um, of course, the Surefoot Equine page. And very soon, the Surefoot Equine website is going to be up and running. Um, I'm hoping to be able to uh, start it up today, Um, but Uh, Don't hold me to that. We're going to do a soft opening in the month of May just to make sure we got everything up and running. But it's going to be your one-stop place to go to find all things SureFoot. Um, It'll list practitioners, veterinarians using SureFoot. Uh, It'll have all the products showing there and case histories and and photos and videos. So um, we'll make a big announcement when that's up and ready. Yes, and you said you were, yeah, okay. So those of you who have ordered mediums, I just got an email today. They will be shipping on Monday. Um, from my manufacturer, I was really hoping they were going to ship yesterday, and then when I didn't get the email, I checked, and I'm so they're going to be shipping on Monday. So next week we'll be doing a lot of shipping of medium pads, um, also firm slants. They promised me firm slants, and after that I should have a full complement of all the products in stock. So um, yeah, it's been a little challenging with the um, with the pandemic. Um, I'm so fortunate that my manufacturer is still up and running. Um, They're working on a shortened crew, but uh, it's just really great that they can still be in work and um, I'm really grateful to them for keeping everything going. So thank you so much for joining the webinar. Um, Next week, I'll be putting out an email this weekend for my guests next week. I have some great guests lined up, several vets. Um, So if you're not on my mailing list, please go to MurdochMethod.com, join my email list so you're the first to know about the webinars next week. There is limited enrollment, and thank you so much for joining me, and um, stay safe and have a good time with your horses. Bye.